why the Rams didn't make any claims off of waivers, but they did address their kicker situation. The practice squad has been filled out and the 18 captains have been announced. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your four-time champion Los Angeles Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you haven't yet, do us a huge favor and hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button, just past 8,000 subscribers, thanks to you, and let us know. What are your thoughts on the Rams not making any claims on the waiver wire? My name is Doug McKay. My friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade. The Lakers for SI, the Dodgers for Dodgers Nation. Now the Rams for Locked On. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station, ESPN 710 LA. He's entering his eighth season covering the team. He's known the streets as the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on Twitter at Travis Rogers. And on today's show, we've got the eight captains have been announced. We got the practice squad. We got some takeaways from that. And the Rams, they did not make any claims on the waiver wire, but they did address their kicker situation. But first, this episode of Locked On Rams is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Now, Travis, first thing we're going to get into today is the waiver wire. So we've talked about it a couple times on this show. Hey, maybe the Rams go out there and get an experienced D-tack or an edge rusher, address one of these positions of need. Well, they did nothing. The Rams were sixth in the waiver order following the NFL final cutdown deadline this week. They didn't utilize that high slot. They did not claim any players on the waiver wire. I was hoping to maybe get some depth and maybe add some players. You had Malik Reed out there for the Dolphins, Raymond Johnson, the Bengals. Some players are going to help this team, but the Rams did nothing. Well, this would be the point in the pod where if I were a bad guy, Doug, this is where I'd start doing a victory lap. This is the part where I'd start <laughs> running around with my finger in the air saying, you know, I, I knew this was going to happen. Uh, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Don't listen to what they're telling you. Watch what the roster is. Look who the players are on the team. Take care of what you're seeing, not what you're hearing. They, for the first time in a very long time, like you just mentioned, had a chance to add some players. There were some arguments to be made about whether or not they were the right player at the right price and things like that. that. That's fine. But the fact of the matter is they didn't improve the roster. They're going to go into a season with a team that is not nearly as talented as the teams that they've had in previous seasons. It's going to be an uphill climb. And I think this is just another example of what they're doing is a long-term strategic plan for continued success. There's another word for that, but this is a long-term strategic plan for continued success. And yesterday was another indicator of that. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're absolutely spot on with this. I mean, the Rams didn't go out there and do anything. They didn't make any moves to note. I said a few months ago that this season is not the season that we've seen in the past. We go out there and you make these splashy signings and trades and try to go all in. Hey, it's like when you ask your mom, hey, mom, can we go to McDonald's? Your mom says, no, we've got food at home. And the food at home is like a top ramen with a craft single <laughs> on top of it and some mustard and some Cheerios, right? And some marinara sauce, right? So that really is the position they're in. I do think think that from a directional standpoint where they're headed, it does make sense. We understand that we've talked about this on the show that every listeners will know you get the cap space next year. You yep. have your first first round pick in eight years. So we understand the direction they're heading. But for this year, we look at how poorly they performed during the preseason as far as their inability to get pressure on the quarterback. If you look at offensive line, I mean, at best, yep. are they going to be an average offensive line? I mean, you had a backup quarterback out there and you could have gotten a Colt McCoy or Will Greer, but you felt like you wanted to go the Stetson Bennett route, and he clearly looks like he's not ready at the moment. So I'm fine with it. I'm not overly concerned at the fact they didn't pick up any of these guys because not like any of them would have been the missing piece of the puzzle, but it would have possibly just raised the floor a tiny, tiny bit when you look at the inexperience on this roster. On the same token, Travis, if you go out there and bring one of these guys in, you also could stun the development of some of these younger players who you're hoping that you hit on that can help this team beyond this season. Well, I, I like the phrase that you used right there, the idea about raising the floor. What if you don't want to? What if what if that's exactly the opposite of what you're trying to do, right? That I, I, I agree with you, D-Mac, that they're going to try to find some guys that are going to be useful for them in, in the long term. They're trying to find guys in the secondary, the offensive line, really all over the field that are going to be able to help them in 2024, 2025, and beyond. I understand that. But this season... I mean, again, just look at what they're putting together. It's going to be really hard to win a bunch of games this year with the talent that's on this team. Not not impossible, but difficult. It's going to be an incredibly challenging road to hoe because when you look at what they have relative to some of these other teams, they're less talented at a lot of these spots. Now, can you win? Sure, but I'm not quite sure that that's the goal of this team. Not that you're trying to lose. That That's not what this is, but let's evaluate. Let's see what we have. Let's see what we can have moving forward. And if we get to a point in the season, whether that's week four, whether that's week 10, whether that's week 16, where you realize, okay, we're, we're it's more advantageous for us to, to think for the future than for the present. I think that they may do that. I think that that started to happen towards the middle of last year. I think that it's continued to happen through the offseason. It's continued to happen through preseason. Look, I know that the preseason doesn't mean a whole lot. And with the way that Sean McVay approaches it, it might mean next to nothing. But I don't know if it means nothing that you're last in offense, last in defense, and last in special teams. 32 out of 32 across the board. It doesn't mean that you're the worst team, but it can't mean that you're the best team. It can't mean that you're in the top half. And I think that we're just getting ready, seeing what they're doing across the board. As far as talent goes, they're gearing up for a season that is going to be a developmental season. Yeah, and they know what they're up against, right? And if they wanted to, they would have brought back Gaines and Floyd and Robinson, some of these guys that could have helped them, but they realized that you had to take a step back to take a step forward. You had to bite that bullet and incur that cap pain, and they're going to be in a better position next season. So I still feel like this is a win-win year. I still feel like that. And we're going to talk about that on tomorrow's yes, episode, really kind of what 
this season entails as far as best case scenario, worst case scenario, the most realistic scenario. But as far as this team goes, yeah, from a roster construction standpoint, a lot of youth, a lot of inexperience. You do have three guys, though, that have the capability of winning games by themselves. You have a Donald and a Stavron and a Cup that are so talented and so superior at their positions that they can change the game and get you some W's just on their talent and performance alone. But at least, Travis, we talked about this yesterday, and we were both high on the idea of signing Brad Maher, and apparently they watched the show, and they went out, and they made that deal. The Rams bringing in a kicker, Brett Maher, who wasn't on the waiver wire due to the fact that he was a vested veteran, but they bring him in. The Rams are going to need to cut a player from their 53-man roster to make room for him, but I think what they're going to do to free up that space is, is place O'Shawn Mathis on the IR to free up that spot. So yeah. I like this. You finally have a veteran as your kicker. Tanner Brown, of course, he was cut, and I think this at least brings some stability to that position. Look, he kicked really well last year. Mar was a good kicker right up until we saw what happened in the postseason where he missed five PATs in a row. And, you know, I, I laugh when I say it because it almost doesn't even make sense that this is the NFL. This isn't, you know, Pop Warner football where the ball's squirting out every different way that an NFL guy missed five PATs in a row seems like a, a bad joke. It did happen, but... I really do think it's a combination of he just got in a weird spot. It got between his ears. And now that he's in a new team, a new spot, all the, I think he can kind of flush it and start all over because prior to that meltdown, he was really, really good. I I'll use, I, I think that kickers are a lot like relief pitchers that sometimes it, it just isn't going to work here, but it might work somewhere else. And this is the somewhere else for Brett Maher. And, and regardless of what happens here coming up on, on opening week against Seattle, I know that he's going to be better than Tanner Brown. Tanner Brown was not ready for this, and they needed to go find somewhere else. And Mar, if, if nothing else, is a good place to start. Exactly. I love that comparison to a reliever. It does feel like relievers and kickers, sometimes they overstay their welcome, right? And a change of scenery really puts them in a better position. I think you're always going to talk about the PATs and unfortunately his legacy, he's going to own that record probably forever as far as most missed <laughs> a point after attempts. And yeah, I think if you're a Dallas fan, you wouldn't have trusted him to valet no. cars outside of Jerry World <laughs> outside of that game after that. And you wouldn't want to see that. But still, I do think it was mostly mental, mostly mechanical. And like you said, the reality is, I mean, he's a guy who's hit a 63-yard kick in his career. That's his career loss. Yeah. Last year, 29 out of 32 field goals, 50 out of 53 in PATs in the regular season. This is someone who still has a leg that can be one of the better kickers in the league. And let's not forget, too, Matt Gay, as good as he was, he was kicked to the curb by two teams, Tampa Bay and Indianapolis, before finding his game in L.A. and turning that into the most lucrative contract for a kicker. Fit matters, right? It, it absolutely matters. And I think the number, you know, five is the number we're always going to remember as far as, as Mar, the five in a row that he missed. But I think the more important number is 29 out of 32 field goals. That's pretty darn good. That, I, I think that's something that most teams in the NFL would take, that you got a, a, an incredibly good chance to go out there and make a kick, and he's got a big leg. You can take some shots from beyond, you know, 52, 3, 4, 5 yards. I, you know, and here's the other thing. If it doesn't work, you go find another guy. Like, th this is not your quarterback where it's impossible to find guys that are available. Kickers are available, and they're available frequently. But, yeah, coming up, we got the practice squad has been announced. We got some big takeaways from that. What does it mean for the Rams this season? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. All right, are you ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel? You should be because it's America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers can bet $5 
$5, just $5 to get $200 in bonus bets, and that is guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get a $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV, which means you get to go watch all the games, whatever game you want to see, it's right there on that Sunday ticket. So now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more over-unders, win totals. You go find it. It's all at FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season with an offer you do not want to miss. Take all that fun you're having and make it more fun with FanDuel. FanDuel, of course, the official partner of the NFL. And we're off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for being a Locked On Rams, your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And a special shout out to our everyday listeners. We appreciate you watching every episode, listening to every episode. And you can be an everyday listener too. Join the club. Membership is free. And you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. Now, Travis, here in our second segment, we've got the practice squad that has been announced. You got. AJR Curry, offensive lineman. You got Logan Bruss is back, Marquise Copeland, Royce Freeman, running back, safety Tanner Ingle, Tyler Johnson, wide receiver we talked about on this show. A guy that was just on the outside looking in. He's on the practice squad. You got Nicola Kalinick, the tight end. You got Mike McAllister, offensive lineman, defensive back Cameron McCutcheon, offensive lineman Grant Miller, linebacker Troy Reeder, who is the only guy they brought in. So the only people they brought in were Maher and Reader. He's back. You got Brett Rippon, Xavier Smith, who I'm happy to see back on there. He's someone I think can help them in the special teams game potentially. You got Kier Thomas and Austin Tramo, who's a very solid practice squad player that if he gets an opportunity, I think he could possibly make the most of it too. But any big takeaways from this? My first one is that Logan Bruss is back on. Yeah, I, I think that's interesting. I, and Bruss certainly falls into this category of what I'm going to mention is that I, a lot of these guys are your guys, right? A lot of these guys that are familiar with what it is that you're doing in this organization, in this program, right? That if AJR Curry or Logan Bruss had to play, if the Rams had a similar situation that they had to a year ago where guys start dropping left and right, you're not just finding somebody that's out there. You bring them in, you're teaching them terminology, you're teaching them the, the 95 million things they need to learn. They know it already. Now, maybe the talent isn't quite where you would want it to be in some of these situations, but at least there's some fam familiarity. Uh, with Bruss specifically, I, I, I'm, I'm genuinely happy that he was able to stay because I, I still have a, a a little bit of hope that they can somehow, some way, figure this out. That they they spent that third round pick on him a couple of years ago is something that is meaningful, and and it was their first guy, and you would hate to see it end that quickly. I don't know if just continuing to work or finding a position for him that maybe suits him a little bit better. Uh, but but I'm optimistic that maybe somehow, some way, they can find a way to make that work for him and for the team. Yeah, I think you have to feel really good about getting AJR Curry back. He was yep. someone who was really solid in their final two preseason games who needs to get further developed. He's someone that still has potential. He's still raw that he still has some upside. Logan Bruss, he's someone that, look, he's really not gotten his opportunity. He was injured. He tore up his ACL in the preseason last year before 
and he was struggling mildly before that. This year, you have him going back to tackle, and he's flip-flopping. And Les Snead said yesterday that it didn't help him that he was going up against Aaron Donald his rookie season when he's trying to change positions. So I think that, yeah, I mean, is the bust label a little too premature? Maybe a little bit on the same token. If you look at his play throughout the preseason, there's really nothing that has inspired confidence in Logan Bruss. I mean, the reality is this is someone – that's getting run over consistently and he gets injured. So yeah, I think you can hold out some hope. And I think the fact that no other team poached him, even though he was a third round pick is very telling, but still yes. I think it's going to be very interesting. We look at the talent really on this practice squad. And really the only player that got poached was Quindell Johnson by the bears. Yeah, no, I think that's important to note DMAC. I think you're right that there wasn't a, well, we'll take him. Right. I, that, that, and, and I guess that means that at least the Rams designated the right guys and that they kept the right guys, that the, the last thing you would like to do is see that you put five, six, seven guys on a practice squad list and all of a sudden the rest of the league is racing to scoop them up. It means that they're seeing some things that you didn't. That's not what happened. Like you mentioned, uh, I, I think there's some some comfort in that. I, the, the other one that you mentioned is is ripping. Right. So, look. I hope that Stetson Bennett becomes a nice NFL player. I hope that he continues to develop, and I hope that we never have to see him in a game this season. I hope that Matthew Stafford is awesome and healthy all year long. That doesn't happen a lot, right? The guys get hurt. Matthew Stafford, you know, got hurt last year. They went through four different quarterbacks. Stetson Bennett, in my opinion, would really not be ready to step into an NFL game. And if that NFL game were in the first, you say, first four or five weeks of the season – I just think that you got to go to somebody like Rippon and put him in there. He's played in the NFL. He knows what NFL speed is like. He's bigger than than uh, Stetson Bennett. I, I'm 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 hopeful it works out ultimately, but I don't see a short term situation where Stetson Bennett has success in the NFL. Not not in the not in the early part of the year at least. Yeah, having Rippon on there, he's someone we talked about that a few days ago. Could give you a big league at bat. He has played that position at this level. Is he going to be a guy and go out there and change the game and make you someone that's going to be competitive out there, give you a chance to win? Maybe not more of a game manager, right? Yeah. But still, I mean, he's probably going to go out there and throw four picks or anything like that and really just be a disaster. So, yeah, I think from that standpoint, like you said, the number one thing is just keeping Matthew Stafford vertical and keeping him healthy because that's really largely what this season hinges on. I will say, too, I like the fact that Tanner Ingle, Cameron McCutcheon, those are two players the Rams, I think, would be very happy to have back on the practice squad on the defensive side of the ball. Now, the guys are left off the practice squad, Travis. Lance McCutcheon, we've talked about him. He's someone that is the Rams' all-time leader in preseason categories when it comes to as a receiver. He doesn't make it. Daniel Hardy, a seventh-round pick in 2022. He's not on. Same with DeAndre Square and Christian Sims. So it comes as a little bit of a surprise. A, a little bit. I, I, let me ask you this. Is there anything you title you'd rather hold less than preseason leader in blank? Right. Like that, you know, you don't want that. Right. That That's not good. That means you're playing a lot. That means that they continue to throw you out there no matter how well you're doing. Yeah. Go out there and do it again. Show me again. So uh, I, I know I, I, I would yeah. be very anxious to shed myself of that title. Uh, like you said, he, he was the again. We know him because he played in the preseason. We don't know him because we saw flashes during the regular season made you go, oh, that guy right there. You know, let's let's throw him the ball a few more times. Um, I, I'm 
it's probably time to move into the phase where we'll go. Remember that Lance McCutcheon guy? Remember when he had that preseason back in 2022? I think that's going to be our memory of him as a Rams player. You know, the real question I have for you is this. Would you rather be the best player in the XFL or be on an NFL practice squad? Because for me, I mean, you get all the shine. If you love the game, you get the reps. But still, I mean, they're making like 60 grand a year. If you're on the practice squad, you're still taking in over 200000 In the you words of Rod answer. Tidwell from Jerry Maguire, show me the money, right? You just answered the question. What does my tax return look like? That's the answer. The, the one that pays me more is the one that I want. Because neither one of those things are probably tickets to superstardom. But if I can put 220 in the bank rather than 60, I'm going to do the 220. And if my neighbors don't even know I'm a football player, that's fine. I'll take the 220. Exactly. And also, too, you're always one call away, right? You can be pushed by other teams. You can get that opportunity. Yep. You still have a locker yep. room next to these guys. I mean, you can go over and take a picture with Stafford, get an autograph from him, <laughs> Aaron Donald, that kind of stuff. Get some merch, have him sign, maybe have a little side hustle, some appearances. I was going to say, you got some things to take to Little League Auction Day, where, right? When you go there and uh, they say, oh, wow, we got a Matthew Stafford autograph football courtesy of uh, Doug McCain. This is awesome. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, for me, this is not even a question. I mean, I'm no taking doubt. the NFL all day every day i'm talking almost 400 more money potentially <laughs> but the team captains have been announced we have eight team captains for the rams this season and we'll talk about that next here on locked on rams and welcome back to locked on rams thanks for making locked on rams your first listen every single weekday free and available wherever you get your podcast locked on rams part of locked on podcast network your team every day and another reminder if you haven't yet be sure to subscribe to the locked on rams youtube channel hit that subscribe button hit that notification bell Hit that like button. Let us know what is your reaction to the eight captains the Rams announced for the 2023 season. Now, Travis, we got the eight captains. The Rams revealed their eight captains for this season, and it included Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Rob Havenstein for the offense, and Aaron Donald, Jordan Fuller, and Ernest Jones for the defense, and Ben Skoranek as the captain of the special teams. Now, the first time you have Higby, Jones, and Skoranek, they've been voted for the captain's spot their first time in their career. But how about Benny yeah. Sko, the special teams captain? These guys grow up so fast. <laughs> they really do. They turn around, and next thing you know, they're driving the car. Um, yes. Look, it's probably why he made the team, right? It's probably why he's here and maybe a guy like Tyler Johnson is on the practice squad because he's a really good special teams player because he's multifaceted. And look, you've been in locker rooms. I've been in locker rooms. We've played on teams. We like the guy that's willing to do whatever it takes. Everybody respects the guy that's got his hand in the air saying, I'll do it. Put me in there. Put me in this spot. I, you need me to block a guy that's got 60 pounds on me? I'll do it. You need me to return punts? I'll do it. You need me to be the gunner on a punt team? I'll do it. The guy that says yes over and over again is a tough-nosed guy, is always going to be popular with his teammates, and I think that's where Skoranek falls into. And, and th that's very cool that they that he's been selected as a captain, I think speaks to how the, his teammates and his coaching staff feels about him. Yeah, he's the ultimate lunch pail guy, right? He can do a lot of different things on this team. He can use him in different formations, big physical, great blocker. So definitely yep. happy to see that. I see some people on social media kind of clowning the idea that Ben Skronik is a captain and that's it's some indication that this team is bad. But look, the reality is you got a special well, teams captain. It makes it sense. It might be. It, look, like one of my favorite phrases is two things can be true at the same time. Right. Yeah. It may be that he's a well-respected guy with his friend, with his teammates and with the coaching staff. And it may be an indicator that their roster is not very good. Both of those things could be true at the same time. 
And I think that it might be in this case. That, it, But it doesn't make his captaincy any less legitimate that his teammates and his coaching staff put him in that position. But look, that this is going to be different. I, I, I know I say it a lot. I know, and I don't mean to be negative. I really don't. But I also want to be honest with our with our listeners. I want to be honest with our everydayers. This team is different than the Sean McVay teams you've seen previously. It's going to play differently. It's going to look differently. And there's a chance the results are going to be different. Exactly. You look at the Dodgers, too. Who do they say is the captain of the team? They say it's Austin Barnes. And all I'm going right. to say there, I don't want him to bite my ankles off next time I see him. But, hey, he's the guy who they say is the captain. So it doesn't necessarily mean the best player or anything right. like that. And the reality is you still have your best captains. Donald, it was a six-time cup, is four-time. But I think that is that too many captains? Is eight too many? So, no, I don't think so. Football is is so unique, A, because of the size of the roster, and, 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 and B, these units very rarely overlap other than when they come to play games together. The offensive and defensive units will never really be together other than in games and occasionally against each other in practice. But defensive guys are with defensive guys. They're with their position coaches. They're with their coordinators. And so you need captains inside of all of these smaller pods. That's why you got an O-line guy, a receiver guy, a quarterback, a D-lineman, a secondary guy, a special teams guy. You've got all these different little compartments in the team. They each need a a leader. So I'm not surprised at all. I think it's about the right number. And I will say to Travis, my really my biggest takeaway from this is Ernest Jones, the first time yeah. captain. He's someone they need to work out. A lot of less need slander around the Rams universe last couple of days. And he's someone that, hey, he could be a draft pick that does work out. Yeah, it does contribute for years. And I think him growing into this captain's role is something that's very significant. I'm hoping that he has a big year. But that is going to do it for this episode of Locked On Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And you can follow the people's champ at X at Travis Rogers. And until next time, whose house is locked on Rams house.